David's story actually began began in how the book of Ruth ends with his genealogy that from uh, Boaz, who was the redeemer in the story between him and Ruth, was able to redeem the possessions, the inheritance of Naomi, which became a part of the union of Ruth and Boaz. So, the story of Ruth, uh, in part, is a metaphor of our redemption from sin and what was lost by Adam that we did not inherit and now through the blood of Jesus Christ Jesus becomes our Redeemer. So right away the way how Samuel I mean the book of Ruth ends is given us a clear message and is telescoping the fact that David life is going to be also uh, tied to redemption and that's something that we perhaps often don't think about David as a redeemer and we will see throughout David's life as he deals with fear and faith that he also embodied a redeemer status amen and that's good to know so tonight we look at first samuel again and um we want to start at verse 12 and some of these things we're recapping as we go forward um, as we look at verse 12 of 1st Samuel chapter 18 what I want to point out here constantly you see as you read through uh, chapter 18 and of course by now you probably or you could have or should have been reading through chapter 19 you know of 1st Samuel uh, because you will see for the last two weeks or so a little bit more we've been sharing our soul was so much afraid of David. So the emphasis that we are looking at that the scripture is teaching us is our fear is so negative, which we know, how it was so deliberating, it weakened Saul 
saw display, and certainly it was not indicated, uh, not much faith. Uh, what he should have been doing is having faith in God, but instead he's letting fear dominate him, and a specific kind of fear drew. Not just fear of the Philistine, as you see, uh, when uh, David uh, came on the scene in a big way when he defeated Goliath, but eventually, and not long after, fear of David. We could point out something right here, and maybe we could make it point one for tonight, that oftentimes the singular things, the about, there's a lot of fears that people might experience, but sometimes when the fear it comes at times with one thing or one thing related to that one thing or things related to that one thing, I should say. And the thing that uh, obsessed uh, Saul so much, and it was an obsession, uh, was his fear of David. So in verse 12, Saul was then afraid of David, for the Lord was with David and had turned away from Saul. Finally, verse 13, Saul sent him away and appointed him commander over 1,000 men. And David faithfully led his troops into battle. Now we shared um, in previous lessons that a lot, lot of what Saul is doing with David is exposing him to danger because his hope was that David would be killed in battle. So uh, we could use another point here, point two, that oftentimes fear drives people to do evil, reckless, and very bad stuff. Another point I'd like to make here, and this is about David, and it's very important, we touched about it last week, on it last week, how David kept his composure. And part of this we can understand as David having faith in God. And watch David's life, as I've told you before, how when his faith was firm and strong, when his faith was firm and strong, how his life was so much different than when he relied on his own flesh, his own desire, his own emotions dominating him, and so forth and so on. So David continued to succeed in everything he did, and as you see, because he was obedient to Saul, he didn't disrespect him, he just behaved himself faithfully 
and in order. And but this made uh, Saul even more afraid of David. Because by behaving and comporting himself uh, correctly, God gave David more and more success. Success in the battlefield in particular. And then, as I said before, Saul became even more afraid of David. But all of Israel and Judah loved David. Because he was so successful leading his troops into battle. Now, we spoke to some degree about Saul uh, arranging for uh, David to marry the older daughter, uh, Merab. And um, he said, ah, but I got to put some conditions to this. I'm paraphrasing. You must first prove yourself to be a real warrior fighting the Lord's battles. And I said before, again, this was another ploy. A devious fear often make us do devious stuff. Never really intended for David to marry Merab, uh, but even so, it was part of the plot that David would be killed in battle because, of course, he's going to go out there and fight even harder because that was one of the conditions uh, for him to gain the hand of Merab. And as the scripture says, for Saul thought, I'll send him out against the Philistines and let them kill him rather than doing it myself. And so we're refreshing this from other perspective because, as we said, David, you know, I guess was a little surprised by this. Uh, he said, well, who am I that I'm going to be married into the king's family? I'm just an ordinary person, you know, I'm, I'm paraphrasing here, I'm from Bethlehem, I'm not, you know, noble, noble uh, descent and so forth. Now, this become very important, the status, the social status of David and his family over and against the status of Saul and his family particularly now that Saul was king. And I said, you know, as we go further along, there was disdain of David because of his social standing. And we'll deal with that as we go on. But the important thing is that David conducted himself as a gentleman throughout all of this provocation. So who am I? So when the time came to Saul to give his daughter to Merab, the Philistine had not killed David. He really didn't want the marriage. He thought that David would have been killed 
before the time of marriage, he gave her to someone else, Adriel, another man from Mehola. But here we get deeper into this plot, and in verse 20 it says, In the meantime, Saul's daughter Mishael had fallen in love with David. And Saul was delighted when he heard about it. Here's another chance to see him killed by the Philistine. I'm going to do it over again. Deja vu. Saul said to himself, but to David, he said, today you have a second chance to become my son-in-law. Amen. And then Saul told his man to say to David, the king really likes you, and so do we. Deceitful, treacherous. Why don't you accept the king's offer and become his son-in-law? When Solomon said these things to David, he replied, How can a poor man from a humble family afford a bride price for her king? David was suspicious, I imagine. He was skeptical. Normally you pay a dowry, you know, because somebody is losing their daughter. You got to pay some kind of recompense and that kind of practice and custom. Uh, and that particular uh, custom was, uh, was active in the time of David and Saul. So uh, Saul man went back to the king and he said, tell David what, tell David that all I want the bride price is 100 Philistine killed, you know? And, you know, so he, again, uh, the way these Philistine would have been killed, David would have to get very close and personal to them. And that was part of the plot. There's not a plot that Saul had for David being killed in the battle. But David accepted offer before the time limit had expired. You know, there's a time that's set Do you have to offer this dowry. And he and his men went out and killed 200 Philistines, not 100. Then David fulfilled the kid's requirement by presenting, you know, uh, what he had taken from the men that he killed. So Saul had to give him Michelle uh, to be his wife. Now, Saul was not finished. He had other plans as we would see. And as we continue all that we've been saying about fear and faith. And I keep uh, repeating myself, I think it's worthwhile. David's faith is what was keeping him 
and whether David realized it or not, now later on he would, that's what was important because Saul didn't stop there. After he discovered that, that, that his daughter Michal loved David so much, he became even more afraid of David. According to the scripture, uh, verse 28, and he remained David's enemy for the rest of his life. Every time the commanders of the Philistine attacked, David, however, was most successful against them than all the rest of Saul's officer. So David's name became famous. Next week, we'll continue in chapter 19. Call Saul kept endangering David's life, hoping that he would die, and did not learn from the success of David in spite of everything he did to him, and certainly didn't suspect that David came from humble beginnings that would ask the question, What's going on here? I know that later on you see that Saul became kind of suspicious that something is special about David. David, of course, kept insisting, I'm a lonely person. But it ties was to Boaz. David was a forerunner in many ways of Jesus because from the line of Boaz and Jesse and David came our Messiah Jesus Christ and one of the most profound statements throughout the scripture in the New Testament Jesus, the son of David, Jesus, our Redeemer. So we are triumphant because of Jesus, and Jesus came from the line of Jesse and David, and that makes us part of that inheritance part of that redemption process that went on centuries before Jesus was born. Even in the same place, Bethlehem, that David came from. We are triumphant. And as we go on, we're going to show you different aspects of the triumph of David in his life, even though oftentimes his life was topsy-turvy 
to say the least. Amen. We are triumphant because of David and the lesson that distinctly shows us how we are triumphant in David. Amen. Through Jesus Christ, ultimately, our Lord and our Savior and our Redeemer, in whom we have faith, who is the beginning, beginning even long before David, but continued in David, the beginning and the end, the Alpha and the Omega. Hallelujah.